This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guinness All back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Typically, our show on a Tuesday and a Friday, but today and probably throughout the rest of the transfer window, there are going to be some impromptu uh, LTA shows in which we're going to be discussing the latest Arsenal news, getting some thoughts and feelings and reaction from you guys in the chat box, and generally just having a bit of a Q&A at times. We might get some guests on, and I plan on doing that in today's show as well. More details on that in a second. Um, but I'm looking forward to having a discussion about this topic, which I know has certainly it's riled a few people. That's probably the fair uh, assumption to make. It certainly has riled a few people, and it's concerning a few people in regards to obviously being linked to, to uh, Ruben Neves. Uh, whether or not he's a player that you want is certainly something that we are going to dive into and get your thoughts and feelings about. So if you do have a thought or a feeling about this, then make sure you're getting them into the chat box uh, and for sure we can get you on the show. I am. What I'm going to do is, sorry for briefly pausing there really awkwardly, <laughs> what I'm going to do is, is basically the plan is, we're going to get some guests on, and my guests, I could be talking about you guys. Um, so what we're going to do is we're hopefully going to get a few people uh, like a call-in situation, which I know a lot of people have watched shows before. Uh, you may have seen Terry do it over at the Football Terrace. We have done it before. Um, so if you have like, if you want to, if you have a spare five minutes and you want to jump on, if you've got a good strong internet connection, a good mic, a good camera, uh, and you're over the age of eighteen, then send me a DM on Twitter at the Talk TV. Uh, and you could be on the show. So send me a DM over there and we'll discuss it. I Be careful for, um, or not be careful, but be aware of my awkwardness when I'm trying to DM people whilst hosting a show on my own. Um, but I will be getting some help throughout the show uh, from some guests that are going to be coming on uh, and letting them know when they are going to be coming on like that just then. So let me give you kind of my thoughts, my thoughts and feelings around Ruben Neves, just to kick off where we're at. Because you may have seen some tweets going around on social media, basically from people saying he's average, uh, we're accepting mediocrity, he's not good enough. Um, and that really not bugs me. It frustrates me. It frustrates me a bit when you hear stuff like that. Because we're talking about Ruben Neves, but first of all, solid balls player, starts week in, week out, Portuguese international, starter for them as well. Um, was linked with a 80 million euro move uh, the, fir- the first full season after uh, the Wolves got promoted, so two seasons ago now. 
he got that was the price that he was going for. They even rejected a 60 million euro bid from a fellow unknown Premier League club at the time. Now, Wolves overall last season didn't have the greatest of seasons. Um, they finished, I think, was it 13th or something like that in the table? Not too great. Um, the one of the main reasons for that being that they lost Raul Jimenez very early on during the game against Arsenal. Uh, and they were left with a situation where they didn't really have a main striker. They had Fabio Silva, a young 18-year-old, that they spent a lot of money on, like 40 million euros, I think, to bring him in, uh, and he hasn't really cut it so far. They then brought in Willian Jose from Real Sociedad, who was, at the time, a very decent striker, but just wasn't able to translate that form in La Liga into Premier League form, and his goals certainly dried up. It's been a big problem for them. Um, And... I, I just can't get my head around, with all of that context, there is still very much uh, a, a basically casting this guy aside, I suppose, is, is the right way to talk about it. It's, it's, it's just casting him to the wayside, not considering him as a, as a genuine option. And I just, I just get very, very frustrated about the fact that we're going to pass up an opportunity to sign someone, or rather we're not, but the, a lot of the fans want to pass up an opportunity to sign a player that's prem proven, an international quality player that's very, very good, that upgrades upon the position that we need to be upgraded in. And whilst his passing is maybe not as accurate and accomplished as Granite Xhaka, you're talking about someone who's better defensively, does more interceptions, better defensive duels, better in those instances, more passes of a proactive nature into the box to create more chances from deep, take shots from outside the box, which I know isn't a huge thing. And I wouldn't call him a goal scoring midfielder. He pops up with a couple of screamers now and again, but he's got that in his locker. Um, and I think it's something that maybe you could hone and would be more directed at Arsenal. I just really get frustrated by this. And it is certainly something that I think Arsenal fans need to be a little bit more aware of. We're going to bring in our first guests uh, very, very soon. As I said, if you are interested in joining us to have your say on this, if maybe you disagree with me, maybe you think that Arsenal shouldn't be going for Ruben Neves and you can explain it and you can tell me why. And if you are over the age of 18 and you've got a good internet connection, a good Wi-Fi connection and a good camera, then you can come on and have a chat and discuss your thoughts and feelings about Ruben Neves. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Um, Peter Rennes is Tom, thoughts on Tottenham being linked to Ryan Gravenberch from Ajax. Do you think Arsenal should be having a look at this kind of player? If Spurs get Ryan Gravenberch, there's an excellent signing for them um, and certainly one that we shouldn't be turning our noses up at and it's got a hell of a lot of quality. If that is the case, I think it might spark a lot of other clubs into action regarding him. You feel like sometimes it takes a few clubs to be interested in players before uh, they suddenly uh, start getting interested in them as well. Uh, Yo-Yo says, Neves parte Basuma profile would mirror Klopp's midfield that clinched Champions League football. Wow, that is impressive. Uh, let's scroll down and get Irfan's comments. He says his playing style is very similar to that of Rice without the English tax on it. Um, Rossi says, thoughts on Aubameyang wanted to hide the transfer business. Oh, that is a... Big shout. Hired transfer business on a band. Oh, Arsenal. <laughs> I'm just misreading quotes now. I'm not surprised. Arsenal have always tried to do things a little bit more secretly. I am now joined uh, by a man who has become elusive to me. He's a man that's so elusive that he's changed all of his social media platforms that I actually didn't even recognise him when he sent me a DM. <laughs> How you doing, mate? Well, you're good. <laughs> Mate, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, those DMs made me laugh. <laughs> Just to give people a little bit of context, right? So when I put a tweet out saying that we're gonna do a call-in oh. show, if you want to come on the show, you can come on. Just send me a DM. 
And I get oh, this guy no. sending me a DM with the Scotland logo, which should have been a giveaway a bit. Um, and I hadn't I'm seen surprised Colin's... I didn't get that, you know. Well, well, there are a lot more Scottish people than just you, Colin. We have to remember. I, I know that, I know that. But come on, <laughs> come on, bro. But yeah, I was like, oh yeah, just make sure. Have you been, have you been on a show before, Colin? Have you, have you have you got a good internet connection, good camera? Of course, Colin's been on the show loads of times, and oh uh, my yeah, God. absolute nightmare. So no, I appreciate your time, mate. And are you doing good? Enjoy? Have you enjoyed lockdown? Has it been great? <laughs> I mean, I've mellowed out. I've mellowed out, man. I'm just. I'm it's good. Just you like, needed to. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I, at this point. I'm not letting Arsenal ruin my summer. That's it. That's right. it. I, I'm, I'm not letting them ruin my summer. Like, it's just, I'm doing stuff that I want to do. You know, I'll I'll talk about Arsenal from time to time. And shockingly to some, I don't actually swear as much now. Wow. Because, like, at first, like, because I can turn it on and off. Like, if something makes me really annoyed and stuff and it's just and something really, like, gets under my skin, then I'll call for it. But, like, there's no need for me to do that in regards to Arsenal anymore. Fair enough. Fair play to you, mate. You're a changed man over the uh, over the lockdown. Talk to me about Ruben Neves, then, fella, because I, I've, I don't know where do you stand. I'll ask where you stand, first of all, and then we'll, we'll go forward from there. Do you want him or, or not? I want him. Okay. I why? really do. I really do. And I'll tell you why, because this is what people need to understand. And I'm sure you've touched on this as well, Tom, right? People need to be realistic of the position that we're actually in. We're not in a position where we're like competing for the top trophies. We aren't. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If, if we were, we're as much as it pains me, we're, we're not coming off a Champions League final win like Chelsea are. We're not. We're not coming off a title win like Man City. So we need to be realistic about the players that we can actually get. If we can get Ruben Neves for what was the quoted price? 34, 35 35? million. Yeah, yeah, 35, yeah. If we can get Ruben Neves, who is quality, make no mistake about it, and he does improve this team. If we can get Ruben Neves for 35 million, I'd, I'd bite your hand off for that, bro. I'd bite I thought your you hand said off. you'd mellowed over the uh, are you biting people's arms and stuff. What's going on? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather me say? Come on. I get, what so when you see when you see obviously there's people tweet him saying like he's average, uh, it's not good enough. Why are we accepting mediocrity? We should be going for better players than Neves. I get you're talking about perspective. I mean, let me play devil's advocate for a second. It's thirty-five million pounds. In my opinion, whilst I think he's an upgrade on Granite Xhaka, I think the upgrades are, are not massive. I think he's still an upgrade yeah. overall, but I don't think they're huge differences. Do you? Th- it's thirty-five million is a lot of money that we obviously and we want to see Basuma coming in and and that. Do you think Arsenal still have the capacity to spend that money on him, sell Xhaka, and go for someone like Basuma? They do, but they won't. Right. <laughs> right. They, that's that, that's the truth. Honestly, if if anyone thinks this club are about it, seriously, you'll you'll live in a fairy tale land because it ain't happening. Like we've not seen anything to suggest otherwise. Do you know what I mean? It's like we've had what since since Wenger, right? And I hate bringing this up, but since Wenger, we've we had Emery, who was rightly sacked, in my opinion. 
because yeah. that, that that second half again, that second half against us in the Europa League, and I'm not talking the second leg, I'm talking the first leg. That's why he was sacked. All right. He gave us a lifeline which he really shouldn't have done. Like, and that was a common theme in his managerial career at Arsenal. So he was sacked rightly, in my view. However, did this board back him properly? You could argue no, because he wanted Zaha and they gave him Pepe. Yeah. And but there's. I always look at that and I go, I hear what you're saying, like in regard, and, and this goes for anyone saying about that, but. It was the wrong position. Like, it was, yeah, if Arsenal were going to go and spend that amount of money, it should have been on centre back. It should have been on the central midfield, not buying that, a luxury winger. Then, in that yeah, argument, yeah. then, you wanted Fabinho. Did they back him? No. No, they didn't. No, just fair point. And that was a position. You wanted Stephen and Zonzi, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you know what? Yeah, man, managers that, well, former players of like, well, players that managers have worked with, right? Whenever a manager goes to a new club, and and, and you know this, Tom, ex-players that managers have worked with or favoured, they get linked to the club that that manager goes to. Like it, it, It's part of the game, but it, they didn't back Emery on the Fabinho thing, which I, I don't know why, but that's yeah. that's here and there. And when you look at what they've done under Arteta, I would still argue that they've not backed him properly. Because, I mean, all right, you, you give him Thomas Partey, but the reports were Arteta wanted a war and Edu wanted Partey. So right then and there, you've got two people pulling in the opposite direction. So... It's that's a recipe for disaster. Now, I'm not going to touch on the manager because, quite frankly, I feel that that's irrelevant at this point because they've made it clearly staying. So there is no point in me going on about that. Yeah, zero. But losing out on Buendia, I'm I'm not going to lie, Tom. I was really angry yesterday. I really was. Buendia. Yes. Because what, what is it? What, what is it that angered you the most? Because I've been angered by a few things have gone on around Buendia. I was angered about part. I got really frustrated uh, about mm. the reporting yeah. of it, um, and like how I felt like obviously there's a responsibility in a way to obviously inform the fan base of, of the stories that are going on. There were so many conflicting reports um, mm. that were going on, and trust me, being in that world, I know that mis- I, I know there can be misinformation. I know that there can be uh, false reports that come out, and I know that journalists can be given info that's not necessarily right. But it was the timing that of all of it that was so close together. Tweets saying that Arsenal was still in or very interested, and then all of a sudden you get the Athletic journalist tweeting out that it's basically a done deal with Aston Villa. That oh. that got me more angry, and I think that basically, and obviously I do. We do the raw reaction shows. I reacted to the the. the the news straight after in a very frustrated, very angry moment. And I think that my anger about the Buendia situation was emphasized by the fact that there was so many positive reports for us then to be basically be hit with this hammer about Mm. Aston Villa going in for him. But 
We don't know the facts, to be honest. No. The facts are very hard to come by. What we do know is that he was Aston Villa's number one target. We know that Arsenal were interested in him, but the whole thing about Arsenal bidding is still a little bit of a, a mystery. I, I basically, with my belief, is I fall on the side of we did bid. I think it wasn't a significant bid and it was pretty much rejected almost offhand straight away. Uh, and then we didn't basically follow on from that. Whereas Aston Villa went straight in with an ex, uh, ex, exorbitant bid, probably too far, but an improved bid. They got their man. Like they're going to get their man from the looks of things. And I think that really what angered me. Now, you say that you were angry straight after the news dropped. Have, have you reflected on it anymore or are you still very angry about the Buendia situation? I'm not as angry as I was, put it that way. But <laughs> but still, it's it's one of these things where, because, like, the only journalist I choose to trust, because believe me, most of them just, they miss, you know this as well, Tom, like, they misprint information and it's just, all of it yeah. gets lost in the shuffle. The only one I choose to trust is Fabrizio Romano. Now, he said we've bid. He, yeah, said, he cool. said we've bid. Mm. Right now, if he says we've bid, I believe him. Okay, because he he is one of the more credible journalists out there. Amidst... Why you, why, I'm, not, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Why why do you look at Fabrizio Romano as as credible um, out of interest? Because most things that he tweets or that he reports on generally come to pass unless something falls through in the case of like Sancho at United. Mm. Like we all, we all know that that's, we all know that that fell through because, you know, they weren't, United weren't willing to pay the money that Dortmund wanted. Like that's, that, that's just what it was. And they've gone in for him again. So they're looking at that option. But sure. things happen in like in the transfer market as well. So even though I do, I do believe we bid. I do believe him on that. But it's like you say, like we bid. That was rejected almost immediately. I mean, we we don't know the ins and outs. I mean, Marnes probably would have played the factor in Buendia going to Villa. In fact. I believe that wholeheartedly. But it just feels like we're not willing to take that next step and improve it. It just feels like deja vu to me. And that's yeah. what's that's what annoyed me because we've been here before. Like we keep hearing about war chests and this and that. And I'm I'm tired of hearing their talk, Tom. I'm tired of it. Like what Either do something or just, you know, don't do or just leave. Simple. Mm, like, I, hear done. I hear the frustration, man. I get it. I, I I wouldn't say that, and I'm not turning around and saying that Fabrizio Romano is an unreliable source. What I would say is, is that, obviously, I think there's a certain timing, just some of the information that drops. Um, I think there's a certain acquisition of information that goes on as well. And this is, this is allegedly, this is purely speculative. Um, I just... When it comes down to reporting info, 
I, I, I'm not sure. It's, it's difficult to kind of put it into words, but I look at someone like Charles Watts or Chris Wheatley as a, like two, a pair that just have like a genuine line into certain things and reports in uh, the information that they hear uh, rather than say, look at reports that are out there and tweet the information yourself. Do you know what I mean by that? And I feel yeah, like yeah, I feel yeah. like once you've amassed a certain following in the millions, as Fab has, uh, and credit to him for it, obviously it becomes a certain situation whereby, you, you know, it's, it's everything you tweet. I mean, you, we look at the Bell, for instance, as a, as a very reliable source of information. They the, the Bell tweeted out saying that Arsenal have had a bid of around I think they I don't know if they used the specific figure of thirty million but they certainly said a bid was rejected, um, mm. and, and I mean we don't know if that is spot on and obviously the credit from the Bell was built uh, built has built up has built up from uh, the Partey situation which they got a hundred percent spot on, but is mm. to play the game and we always talk about this if you're going to play the game then it, you need to be conservative with how you do it. You need to be spot on pretty much every single time. Um, and I mean, you may have, you know Dan Potts from same old Arsenal. Um, oh, no good question. Friend, love, love Dan. Love Dan, Dan Potts. Um, Dan, Dan, unfortunately, um, heard some info uh, from, I think, uh, someone, I think I know where Dan heard it from because I heard, uh, I heard oh, it from no. that person as well. I chose not to say anything. And this is why I don't play the game. <laughs> I didn't tweet anything about it. Um, why why and, is that, Tom? Because you can't because like, you can't hold, I don't hold want the play the game, mate. It's, it's just, it's too scary to play the game. Uh, I mean, or no sense Tom, you could have... It? Or, this is great. Or, Tom's it. Or is it says, Tom, you can have an ITK alias, Todd Laportley. Oh, my God. <laughs> that could be it. I could have an account called Todd, Todd Laportley, and, and that would be my ITK account. That's not how you, it works. You know damn well <laughs> someone's going to set that up for you, by the way. Probably. There will be an account on there in about five minutes. It'll, have, it'll follow one account. It'll be me. <laughs> that's that's yeah. it. Off you go. There you go, guys. There's a challenge. How many can you set up quick enough? <laughs> Oh, dearie me. But no, the point is that Dan obviously tweeted out saying, I've heard Arsenal are closing in on a deal for Buendia, uh, good yeah. player, etc." Now, Dan's tweeted that out in good faith, that he's obviously heard it from someone that he trusts. As I say, I feel, I feel like I have a good idea of where it came from. Um, but, and it's just a risk. And if you, you take yeah. the risk, you play the game, and, and that's how it goes. Anyway, um, Colin, I'm going to let you go in a second. Final thoughts then on, on kind of Ruben Neves on, on that situation. If, I mean, let's, let's challenge you a little bit for the last question. If there is someone who is vehemently, which is a word I've really got into using recently, um, really against, uh, <laughs> so posh at times, oh, uh, no. really against um, Ruben Neves, what, what would your argument be to, to try and turn their view on him? All right. First things first, you have to look at our situation. We're not in a position where we're going to be able to buy world-class players like coming out the hill. We're not. Mm. So you need to look at our situation. Number one, you need to – well, that's number one. Number two, you need to look at our financial situation as well. The fact that we'd have to sell in order to buy, first and foremost. Yeah. like Because when you look at the amount of players we've got in the books, we're going to have to let some go. And not and the truth is, not many of them are sellable assets. So that's another factor that you need to look at. But also, you have to look at this, the quality of the squad as well. And you have to ask yourself, is Ruben Neves better than Granite Jacker? The answer, yes. 
Is he better than Danny Ceballos, who's no longer here? Yes. Is he a suitable partner for Thomas Party? Maybe not in a 4 2 3 1, but in a 4 3 3. In a 4 3 3. Is he good enough for that? Answer yes. And, and so just finally, and a very quick answer, if you if we say lose Granite Xhaka, which is the only way I really see a deal for Ruben Neves happening, to be honest, mm-hmm. and Arsenal don't say go out and buy a Basuma type, as in the more mobile, uh, or Basuma or say a Lukonga, the both of them are, are very similar in the sense of their mobility, uh, and then they can play, obviously, a number six role, more so Basuma and less so Lukonga. Um, would you look at that as, as a failure in the market, in the midfield area, of not signing... An additional one, or would Ruben Neves suffice for you? I mean, the rumors of Jacka going to Roma are really—they're out there. Mm. Like, I mean, who knows? That might be—that might be Mourinho's agent just putting something out there. Although, you know, Neves has the same exact agent, so yeah. th- th- there is that. But well, at the moment, I don't think we should we should sell Jaka at the moment. And my reasoning behind that is, out of the midfielders we have, and I know people don't want to hear this, but it's the truth. He's actually one of the better ones. So, and this is coming from me. I don't rate, <laughs> I don't rate yeah. Jaka. I never have, but he's one of the better ones. Those are just the facts. Hmm. All right. When you look at our midfield, realistically, who are the best midfielders at the club? You're looking at Jaka and you're looking at Thomas Party. And before people mention Guendouzi, I'm not having that. All right. I'm not having that. Arteta's clearly looked at him. There's something he doesn't like about him, so he's not going to be here much longer, and especially with the whole Marseille rumours as well. So Gwen Doozy's gone, right? And as far as I'm concerned, yes, there's been good performances here and there, but is it worth having a midfielder with potential whose attitude stinks, or would you rather have a midfielder who is fully committed to the cause and won't cause a star and disharmony in the squad? Because if you're being realistic, I know exactly which one I'm picking. And I've got a funny feeling I know which one Tom's picking as well. Oh, don't, don't bring me into this. <laughs> what do you think? This is my channel or something? <laughs> I'm not allowed to do this. It is your channel. Works. Bro, you asked me the question. I've answered. There you go. <laughs> no, I, if you if you were saying well, who would I rather have right now, I would take Ruben Neves. Yes, that's that's my opinion. Um, anyway, thank you, Colin. I appreciate your time, son. I've dragged you on a little bit longer than we originally spoke. It's been great to have you, and I'm sure we'll see you again soon, fella. Have a good one. Well, that's that's my fault for talking too long. So there you go. <laughs> You're all good, bro. You're all good. <laughs> have a good one, fella. Don't change, Tom. Yeah, don't change. <laughs> never, son. Never, never. No. See you later, mate. Have a good one. We are massively thank you to thank thank you thankful is the word I was looking for to call in there for coming and joining us. Uh, this is a call in show, so if you have your own thoughts and feelings about 
uh, Ruben Neves and what you feel about the guy, then send me a DM over on Twitter at the Gunital TV as long as you're over 18. Um, and of course, you've got a good mic, good camera, good internet connection. Then you might be able to hop on the show and have your thoughts heard about Neves. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think that everything that I've said and what Colin said was a load of rubbish, which, you know, it could be. It's, there's all the capacity in the world that it could be. Um, then send me a DM over on Twitter and we can sort something out. I am now joined by a second guest, which is one of our expert members. It's Daniel Robert. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, just you survived through the England game. Is that? Oh, right? I was just about to say, I've been. <laughs> Watching 90 minutes of boring England. Honestly, I, I caught the first 60 minutes or so and it was utterly deplorable. Oh, it's, it's worse really than deplorable. Arsenal at times. Yeah, really, really, really yeah. poor. Hopefully when we have a full team back and everyone's starting and that, um, we'll see a better tournament, fingers crossed. But yeah, uh, yeah so, anyway, yeah. Ruben Neves, mate. Yes, yay or nay? Yay or nay? Yay. yay. I agree with Colin. I really like Neves. When I, when I watch Wolves, see... He does everything that I want Xhaka to do and no mistakes. I, the, the title of this video is about mediocrity. Well, I think the people mm. that I guess are accepting mediocrity are the people that are happy with Xhaka. Because if you see his stats, he just so, he makes so many mistakes and no other midfielder would get away with that. I, I always go back to that Burnley incident. With when he passed it straight to Chris Wood, and yeah. I don't want my midfielder, the one who's, uh, you know, the the one who leads the pitch. I guess the one who I'm trying to think of that word that everything goes through him. I don't want that to be someone who makes as many mistakes as Xhaka. And when I watch Neves play, he doesn't make those mistakes. He's, I guess, he's similar. He's got a very good shot. But I, I like him. Whether he's as good as a Basuma in that role, maybe not. I think Basuma would be much better suited. We need, obviously, someone next to Partey. But then again, if we're having a, a midfield three, you've got Willock to come back, who maybe can't play that defensive role. But, I mean, we're linked with Sander Berg. I, I really like him. I know he's Sheffield United, but I like him as well. What is it about him? Because I know a lot of people have pretty much, again, just kind of cast Sanderberg to the wayside and said, no, not good enough. Don't like him. Don't want him. I think Why a lot of people it? are saying that because he plays for Sheffield United. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe they've watched him. I, I'm not going to say they haven't. But when I, mm. when I watched him at the start of the season, last season, I think, I, I just liked how he, he, he kind of went about his pitch. He reminds me a bit of Suchek for West Ham. Someone like that. I don't think his heading is as good. Yeah. May not be great, but he's he's commanding, he's tall. So I think in the box, defensively, he'd be very good. We know how bad we are defending set pieces this half of the season, last season. So I think he could definitely help in that way. And him being there with Partey, I, I think could work. But I, I think... Mean, when, the thing about Sander Berg is obviously that he's come over from Belgium when he did really, really well for Genk, and the, the statistics comparatively drop a hell of a lot. Like they have dropped. I think a lot of that has been down to injury and a lack of real playtime on Dean's, uh, not Dean Smith, the other one, Chris Wilder. Um, in terms of like his kind of loyalty to players like Lundstrom in the middle of the park and that, he he's suffered because of that. And I think that if he'd have been played on a consistent basis, we'd have seen a lot better from him. But it's it's the fee that's associated with with Sanderberg that I think a lot of people are turning their nose goes, up at. 
if it's 30 million, then maybe yeah. not. Maybe there's better, but you're hearing stuff about 15 million, which would be worth it. Yeah. So another thing about this whole Buendia thing, which kind of drives me a bit insane, all the Arsenal fans, they're so reactionate, reactionary, and they they look at all these talks. I mean, we're linked already. The chat, the, the seasons, the transfer season's not even started. And yeah. we'll probably be linked with about 300 players. Like, we're not going to sign every one of them. And, yeah, you'll get reliable people like what we've talked about, your Charles Watson, Chris Wheatley. And they'll say that we've been linked. But until they have the Arsenal kit in front of them, I for me, I, I can't get excited about anything. Thomas but you Partey. watch all my transfer shows, right? <laughs> of course, of course I do. And that yeah. contradicts me a bit. But until yeah. <laughs> until that Thomas Partey, we didn't it was always kind of a thing in the background, but until the last two days, it was never happening. Odegaard was never really happening until the last three games, three, three days. Yeah. So we could be signing someone in a month's time that we have no idea about right now. I wouldn't get too worked up because we didn't get Brendia, who's not actually been confer- confirmed yet. So that could still be on. We're just hearing reports, but probably not. I mean, yeah, I think you'd, you'd be very hard pressed at this stage yeah. with, with everything that we've heard so far about just to not see it happen. I think the reason there's a bit of a delay is because of what he is out with the international team. Yeah. Um, I expect that one to, to be coming I, I, I'm quite happy about that anyway. Just uh, I'm not a massive fan of Brendia. I understand he, he is a good player. He'll probably do well for Villa, but I think we could do better. And yeah, I mean, even one is Odegaard. I think he's better than... Than what is it about? Because, okay, that's a good question to, to bring up then because a lot of people look at the one goal in the league and the two assists and go, no, not good enough, not shown enough for us this season. Why Why is Erdogan a, a better option for us than Buendia, who, say, scored 15 goals and 17 assists or something in, in the championship this season? Well, firstly, when Buendia was in the Prem, he didn't, his numbers weren't exactly massive. I know he created a lot of chances, yeah. but his numbers weren't massive. In the championship... The level of kind of the teams aren't amazing. And I think Buendia, for a Norwich side who were extremely good in the championship, I think Joe Willock as well, Maitland Niles could have made headlines at Norwich. Mm. Uh, I, I do like Buendia, but I don't think he's as good as someone like Odegaard. And with Odegaard, he's 22, captain of Norway. And I can tell on the pitch how much he. How how good a leader he is! In that last game we played, was it Brighton? Or yeah, I could just show the fight he had, and uh, I remember that assist for Martinelli. And I just think he has a bit of fight, and I like him. And there's nothing that I've seen from him that I don't like. And the fact he's already fitted with Arsenal for half a season, we don't need to get someone else in and kind of gel with the rest of the players yeah fair enough mate that's fair yeah. I, I think the thing about Odegaard as I've said time after time after time I feel like he hasn't been able to have enough time in six months after an injury hit first half of the season that was then hit again by injury after the international break to really develop and, and settle and yet for me he still showed a hell of a lot of quality in that time yeah. it may not have been with raw goals and raw assist numbers 
But if some of the performances have given me a lot of encouragement about him, but it all depends for me on the fee. If it's anywhere close to 50 million quid, that's not justifiable in my mind. But then was Pepe at 72? Of course, and that's why I think that was a mistake as well. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're always going to get something like that. Xhaka, we course, bought yeah. a 30-something Mustafi. Yeah. 50 million, does it actually seem too much? If we trust Kroenke with his spend big spending spree this summer, then does it matter? It's not my money. Uh, We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, Dan, yeah. thank you ever so much for coming on. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your, your busy evening of watching football uh, to come on. Much appreciated, fella. Cheers. And hopefully the Euros are a bit better. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers yeah. crossed. And I'll see be you soon. Have a good one. See you at 8am. I'll be watching. <laughs> of course, of course. Have a good one, mate. Yeah. A massive thank you to Dan uh, for coming on to the show and giving his thoughts and feelings about plenty of players there. Ruben Neves, Martin Odegaard and Sander Virgo we really are uh, blessed and what's the word I'm looking for? Spoiled with the amount that we can talk about. Let's get a couple of your comments for our next guest comes on. Um, Alistair says, so Odegaard passes Tom's eye test. Interesting comment. He does, for me, it's not about passing the eye test. He's shown me a lot of encouragement so far. That That is what I've seen from Odegaard. It's encouragement, but it's nowhere near justifiable to say 50 million pounds is what it's worth it's just not justifiable for me right now uh so hill says tom neves at 18 captain of porto in ucl championship player of the year and premier league proven if anything he is more proven than wendia don't get the mediocrity argument similar for erdegaard young and already a captain is a really good point leadership in the team is something we've been lacking for a long long time and we've been crying out for premier league proven players at arsenal for so long and yet when one comes along that's a Premier League proven player that's played in Europe, that's played on the international stage, that is young, 24 years of age, available for a reasonable price. In my view, it's a reasonable price for a player of that calibre. And we still turn our noses up. It's it's a very, very interesting one. I've got a very good guest for you now coming on the show, making his debut on TGT. It's Igal. How are you doing, mate? Are you good? Are you well? I'm good, Tom. How are you doing, man? Yes, very good. Very good. I mean, introduce yourself for the listeners that don't know who you are. You've got your own channel. You're doing your own stuff on, on Terrace as well. Tell people yeah. about it. Hey, guys. You guys know my name. My name's Igal. I'm, uh, my Twitter handle is right there, the Kid EG, and I got my own channel called EGTV. I do Arsenal content, and I also do – I mix up a little other sports. I talk about UFC. Sometimes I talk about basketball, but, of course, majority football, and I'll also be talking about the Euros. See, football and boring stuff. He does it all. He does it yeah. all. <laughs> You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. More oh, people, mate, I've, I've more been to Madison watch- Square Garden and I've seen the Knicks play and it was one of the most boring 90 minutes or whatever it was. I don't know how long it went. I, to be fair, I was severely jet-lagged, but hey, uh, that may have been... I don't, I don't drink alcohol, so it's a different experience for me. <laughs> right? Neither did I at that time, so <laughs> not going to get through it. Anyway, thank you ever so much, Igal, for coming on. Uh, much appreciate your time. The whole point of the show is we're, we're doing, obviously, our call-ins. We're getting people on, giving their thoughts and feelings. Ruben Neves, mate, yay or nay? Not as the number one option. So thumbs down if if he's the number one option because I feel like there's a lot of options out there in world football that we could go look at that would be better. And if we're we're hearing Basuma and we're hearing Camavinga, now going for Ruben Neves, in my opinion, is a big downgrade. I understand the whole Premier League proven thing, but Mm. if you look at other clubs and how they've done with their Premier League proven signings, let's take Chelsea, for example, Danny Drinkwater. How did that work out? They, they, another example, they, they, they got a Premier League proven in Ben Showa. It hasn't worked out so well. Yes, he won a Champions League, but in my opinion, he's not worth the money they, they paid for. Sure. Harry Maguire, you overpaid for Harry Maguire. Maybe if he was a £60 million centre-back, it would be better. 
in the Premier League, you're always going to get overpriced for players that you don't necessarily need to go after. If we do something smart, we should go after the French market and look at some players with a similar profile for, for less money. And you know what? With the higher scope to grow, I get Neves is still a good player. But mobility-wise, is he really that much of an upgrade on Granit Xhaka? I know a lot of people don't like Granit Xhaka, but I'm mm. one of those people who say, you know what? I see his qualities and his ability. And if we are going to get rid of a left-footed player on uh, in Arteta's system and replace him with a right-footed player who's just as mobile as Xhaka, which is not that mobile, we're going to have the same problems again. And people are going to scapegoat Ruben Neves like they did Granit Xhaka. So I want somebody with an industrial mobility like a sure. that can play the box-to-box -box and be a deep-line playmaker and has the ability to play in numerous uh, numerous uh, shapes and forms. Where Ruben Neves, he's only succeeded with a back three. When they went with a back four, he didn't do so well. And his whole team did bad. Uh, it's a decent point, actually, you, you bring up at the end there about the back three. Something that I haven't actually, and we haven't talked about a lot. So it's, it is a good point. Let me throw something back at you in regards to a few things you said there. Premier League proven status uh, and talking about players that you think haven't necessarily made it. Let me counter that to say in regards to how Arsenal have done their business of late. Of course, the players we brought in from Premier League clubs, you look at David Luiz, you look at Cedric, you look at uh, Danny Welbeck, um, you look at these players that have basically been surplus to requirements at their clubs, haven't really been starting um, and have been on the periphery and we brought them in for a little bit of depth. In terms of how we've done our main business, our marquee players, the ones that we spent quite a bit on, your Mustafis, your Granite Xhaka's, your Partey's, um, your Lacazette's, your Aubameyang's, these guys are coming from abroad. And I, I think that if you go through all of the ones we brought in from outside, you're going through and you, there's quite a lot of hits. We, we've done quite well at with some of them. Partey, I, I do think, is a hit and will be a success in the future. I look at Mustafi and I go, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what was that? I go look at Granite Xhaka and think he's done a very decent job, but maybe has not fulfilled the £40 million mark that we paid for. And of course, there's a whole Kante thing that we talk about too. So... Is it not time, do you think, that Arsenal go into the Premier League market and look at the players that are playing week in, week out? And I believe Neves to be one of the reasons why Wolves have done have been successful in, in, in the past, not so much this season. I think there's the striker not being there as context to their season trailing off. But I think Neves has been really integral to them getting European football the season before last and, and helping them get up from the championship. And he's become, in my view, a, a, a very good Premier League quality player. So do you do you not see the argument for Arsenal shifting and looking at more maybe England-based players than, than getting the cheap options from abroad? I, I do. Why don't we go get Ward-Prowse? Why don't we go get... Do so you think Ward-Prowse is better than Neves then? I'm saying we need a profile of a player who can play in several different positions at the same time playing several different uh, situations and systems. We cannot play, uh, we cannot sign players for a manager. We have to sign players for the team. And I feel like if you sign Ruben Neves, I'm not sure if it's Arteta's number one target. I'm not sure if it's Edu's plan, but going forward, Ruben Neves, in my opinion, would not make as much sense as if we went and got a John McGinn, if we went and got somebody who meets the English quota and would help us in the long run and would scope to grow. Where Ruben Neves, I see he has scope to go. I'm not saying he's a bad player, guys. Don't make don't mm. mix that up. But with the players that we have and what we're trying to get, I want a more industrial midfield that has the mobility and the capability to handle different positions and different types of playing styles. I want to see us be able to shift from a back three to uh, to having a team where we have a four three three and at times where we can play with a double pivot. And with Ruben Neves, I feel like we're going to be hamstrung and we're only going to be able to play with either a double pivot or him playing with a back three where with those other guys, we could shift it more. 
I hear what you're saying in regards to kind of the the the, the type of player. Like my preference is that the Basumas of this world, players that are more mobile, players that are going to be able to allow Partey to be an expressive player, and he's not going to have to cover for someone like Xhaka that is more static and he needs to drop into the number six role more often and, and block and recover and and tackle and intercept more so. The thing for me, though, is I don't look at Ruben Neves as like um, the, the guy that Arsenal are looking at as their priority midfielder or how I think they should. Whether they are is a different thing. In my view, in my, of course, in my view, Granit Xhaka is a player that's probably not going to be here next season from the looks of things. With the links that are going on, it's likely that he could go. And in my view, if he goes, and it is if and only if he goes, that we go for a player like Ruben Neves. Because I think it's important that you have a player of that style, a player that you can rely on to be a safe passer, a, play, a player that you can rely on to, to progress the ball. But still, Neves is, is good defensively. His statistics are, are better than that of Granite Xhaka's in the defensive areas. Defensive duels are better. Interceptions are better. Clearances, blocks are better. Um, but it is obviously the, the high-end level accuracy passing that he doesn't quite have that matches Granite Xhaka's. Um, but in my view... If he goes, we sign him. We should still be prioritising a Basuma, prioritising a, a Sambi Lukonga from, from Anderlecht, prioritising these types of mobile players. So if I say to you that we're going to sign Basuma we're gonna, or, or an alternative that's of that ilk, and Jack is going to go and we're bringing in Ruben Neves, does that open up you more to the idea of, of that as a more smarter signing for Arsenal? Yes, because I do see the value of having somebody who can dictate play from deep, and and every every team in world football needs that. But the one and the issue Arsenal has had, we haven't had somebody like a Tillemans in our team who can dictate play from deep and has the mobility to also get around. So I do see the value in bringing in both, and I would love if we could bring in both. But in my opinion, the the reason why we're bringing in these guys, the Lacongo guy, he's coming in as a Ganduzi replacement, mm. right? We're bringing in we're bringing in somebody to replace. Martin Odegaard, in the sense, a long-term signing, or we're going to bring Martin Odegaard back on loan. There's only going to be one more spot available. And that spot, in my opinion, is going to be either Busuma or Neves. I don't see us signing Busuma and Neves and letting go of the opportunity to sign this young 21-year-old uh, from Analyk. I think the Analyk kid is going to be a priority, number one, in the mm -hmm. sense to replace Ganduzi yes. if Ganduzi leaves. And then Busuma and Neves, it's unrealistic that we're going to go for both of them when we need a right-back when we need, uh, when we're looking at attacking options in the attacking midfield role, and some people would even say we need a center back, and I'm not here for that either. But you know what I mean. There's too many what? issues. I don't think we need a center back. We have so many center backs. Why are we going after Tepsoba as a link when we have so many options? Bring back Saliba and Mabropanos, give mm -hmm. them a chance, and you know what? I'm here for playing two youngsters in the in the center back positions because that could set us up for for a future. Bring in another David Luiz type in the team would actually it would bring leadership but it would hinder us bring in midfield leadership uh, leader leaders that can dictate the play going forward and going back we don't always need center backs to be leaders you can have midfielders that are leaders let me let me throw this at you then just again to, to play devil's advocate into this because i don't to be honest i don't even think it's devil's advocate because i am in the camp of, of thinking a center back wouldn't necessarily be too bad of a signing it depends on who it is for me like you look at what Liverpool did with Van Dijk um, and that style of signing. For me, if Arsenal are able to go and get a transformative centre-back that really does change how well we are in that area, and I think that the right-hand side of the back four is, is an area that is open to, to change because... I mean, Saliba, for instance, is a player, of course, we spent a lot of money on, uh, a player that came with a big reputation of being the next Varane, etc., and that's built up his profile in the fan base, and quite rightly, and his performances have earned that too, playing for Nice. But the okay. thing is, is that obviously this, this kid's still 
20 years old. He's still unproven in the Premier League and that. If there is an opportunity for Arsenal, in my view, to go out and say sign a centre-back that's going to completely blitzes what we've got, then in my view, you've got the ability to say, Mavropanos, thanks. We've got, we've got a great player here and, and we're willing to move you on for, say, 20 million quid. Holding, you're going to be a depth player. If you're not happy with that, we can now move you on. Chambers, you're going to be a depth player or right back back up. And if you're not happy with that, then we'll move you on. If Arsenal are going to get to the level that I want them to be at, which is, again, competing for the top four, if we're able to sign and be ruthless and go get a really good quality right-sided centre-back or just a centre-back in general, do you not think that's that's worth maybe risking the, the situation of having Saliba as more of a rotation figure at the start as you gradually bed him in? Okay, I'm looking at some of the names that are out there, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, Koulibaly is unrealistic financially. Sure. Uh, the, the gentleman, from, the Turkish brother from uh, from Ajax, I think he's going to end up staying. So I'm looking at leaders that are that are of the ilk that we can bring in financially would be make sense and would actually help our team in the long run. And it does, I don't see too many people who are financially going to make sense and that are going to make sense in the short and long term for the club. And just for example, we could bring in somebody on a free, like similar to what they did with Thiago Silva in in um, the gentleman from Bayern, but mm. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make okay. sense because, because we're going to have him for one one year. I forgot his name, Jerome Boateng. Yeah, so we could bring in Jerome Boateng, but then obviously there's going to be the fan meltdown and then the club is going to see if he performs or not. And in a year's time, he could leave on a free anyways. And it will, and it will be another year where we don't embed the youth. If we're going to embed the youth, we might as well go all the way, Tom. Because we don't have Europe, we have we have Gabriel and Saliba, who are young, up-and-coming centre-backs. One's right-footed, one's left-footed. We have options behind them in Holding and Pablo Mari, who are a little bit more experienced. And even if you want to play Mabropanos, you can pick him as a fifth-choice centre-back. I feel like we have five or six centre-back options right now. They might not be the best in the world, but we have bigger issues that we need to solve. Backup goalkeeper, first-team goalkeeper, backup left-back, right-back at least minimum three midfielders and possibly replacing Lacazette or Aubameyang if they do get replaced. And some people are even talking about Sol- Solomon as a left wing winger. So there's so many other issues at Arsenal Football Club in order for you to address those issues first and don't do the same thing we did with Pepe, where we bought a right winger for a large amount of sums when we needed a def- centre-back. If we buy a centre-back, three summers in a row, Gabriel um, uh, and then Saliba, and now we're going to buy another one? Makes no sense. Fair enough, man. Um, last question before I let you go then. This, I, I want to get your view on kind of, and because you're obviously someone that's, that's less keen on, say, Ruben Neves coming in over, say, more of a priority target like Basuma, et cetera. What, what do you make of uh, the reaction uh, to, say, some of the, the early transfer business or lack of transfer business, I suppose, that Arsenal have done so far, the, the anger to, to Buendia, the reaction of, say, words like mediocrity being used, describe a, a, a view of signing someone like Neves. What, what have you made of the, the negative environment that we've already seen kind of born at the early part of the transfer window? Arsenal Football Club, please just get the transfers correct. And yeah. if you, and and stop putting uh, and stop making us suffer. And also, fans need to realize Arsenal for, for the whole time I've been watching in my whole entire life. You never knew what we were going to do. You never knew what we were going to do. We never we were never a club that had transparency with the media and showed them what what our plan is. We nobody really knows what's going on in Arsenal until it happens. Matt Ryan was the perfect example. Nobody knew Matt Ryan was even on Arsenal's radar until it happened. Right, some of these deals we know about, like Thomas Pate, we've known for a long time about Bendia, but 
in my opinion, we should go back for the links that we had to Sabitzer in the in the in the January window. We should go back to the links of some of these players that are that we could possibly get on a cheap deal because they're going to have a year left in their in their deals in those attacking areas. And if we say, for example, we do target a player, get the deal done and stop with the 10-day sagas. Because if you guys watch Dragon Ball Z, we've been through the Cell Saga, we've been through the Benzema Saga, we've been through uh, every single saga you can think of. I could name so many different times where we were linked to somebody for the entire summer and we never even got them. And it's going to be an Iguain, Luis Suarez situation all over again if you don't get Basuma and he goes to Liverpool. I agree with you. We need to get the business done early and we need to get something done. I think outs at the moment is very, very key in getting players out that we need to get out so we can then reinvest and, and fill the squad with the players that we need to. Egal, thank you ever so much, mate, for coming on. Much appreciate. Give yourself a shout out for your socials before you leave. No problem, guys. You guys know where I am, the Kitty G on TV, uh, on Twitter, and my channel is EGTV. And you can also find me on the Football Terrace at times. So pick up to everybody and thanks for having me, guys. No problem, mate. We'll see you again very, very soon, fellow. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Have a good one. Massive thank you there to Egal for joining us uh, to give his thoughts and feelings about Ruben Nevich. It's been quite good. I've enjoyed this, getting on a fair few people and talking about this. We might have to do this more regularly throughout the summer transfer window. You don't have to agree with what everyone says, but the whole point is that we show a little bit of love and respect in the chat box. So massively, can we have some thank you for Egal, for Dan and for Colin as well that joined us today. I do plan on doing more of these. I'm going to stick around for another 10 minutes or so to get your guys' thoughts and feelings uh, in the chat box about how you feel about these guys. Now, I do want to address a couple of things that's going on in the chat box. Uh, I did reply, I respond to a few people while people were talking. Um, James Cray Hall, uh, thanks, massive respect to you for joining us, mate. I know you don't agree with our opinion, but that's what it's all about is all the opinions and respecting that of one another. James says that we should be aiming for challenging for titles. Van Persie left us to win a title, Ashley Cole left us to win a league. That's how low standards have fallen at the club. It is a point that I want to address. Um, I think that when I say that I want to see Arsenal challenging for the top four again, I don't think that's me looking at the situation and going, am I settling for mediocrity? No, it's about a realistic view of what I want Arsenal to gradually build up to do next season. Is it likely that Arsenal can challenge for top four? There is a possibility of that happening. There's a possibility of me saying, yes, we could do it if and only if the window is incredibly good. If we get our signings, if we get in the players we need to, if we upgrade on key positions. If we don't do that, then this is all pointless. Because Arteta, especially an inexperienced coach like Arteta, is not going to be able to get us to top four with the current crop of players that we have. I don't believe there are many coaches, if any, that with this current crop of players, are we going to get to see Arsenal into the top four right now? The, the squads around us are too good. The consistency they've got is too good. Their recruitment has been too good. And you've now got teams like Aston Villa, etc. that are already embarrassing us in the transfer market and signing some really quality players and closing that gap up themselves. My, it's not about accepting mediocrity to look at top four and going, that's my target right now, therefore that's mediocrity. It's about understanding where Arsenal are right now. We've finished eighth in the league for the last two seasons. We're outside of Europe. We need to be taking steps forward to achieving the next goal, the next goal, the next goal, so that one day Arsenal can again be looking to challenge for titles. It's going to be done gradually. It can only be done by good decision-making. I feel like there's been a lot of bad decisions made at the club, one of them being keeping Arteta longer than he probably should have been here. Appointing him in the first place, we look back at as a, as a very big now with the benefit of hindsight as a mistake because we should have gone for someone that was going to move us forwards. There are positives for me in the way that we're recruiting. You're bringing in Partey, bringing in Gabriel, two key players in two key positions that we needed. January with barely any money, we got some good stuff done. 
But the fact of the matter is without the investment, without the change, without what we need to happen this summer, be it through investment, be it through smart and savvy signings, be it through an appointment of whoever behind the scenes, that's not going to allow us to get to where we need to go. So whilst I am saying to you that I don't think me saying that our target should be challenge of a top four is mediocrity, it's because it's the step on the journey. It's, a st- it's the next step that Arsenal need to take for me before we then are situated, are stabilised, so then we can push for a title. My expectation in Arsenal is not to challenge for a title right now. That is not a realistic view of this club. It's also not a negative view And it's not something about accepting mediocrity. It's about looking at where we are as a club, understanding what needs to change and moving on to the next step in the journey, which is hopefully next season, without European football, a real focus on pushing for top four. That is only going to happen if we make the right signings. It's as simple as that. Uh, Let's see what we're saying in the chat box. going to answer a few more of your questions. Uh, Diana uh, says, what player would you compare to Tielemans? We need someone like him, someone who is a mix of a number 10 and a number 8 in their style of play. Tielemans is obviously a great example of someone that's come to the Premier League, taking it by storm. Great progressor of the ball, takes opportunities, takes risks. Ruben Neves is not a Yuri Tielemans. Tielemans is, ironically, there's a lot of qualities that you look at in Partey, the way that he progresses the ball, the way he tries to be adventurous, and you would say, yeah, but we've got someone in Partey that can be as good, if not better, and I believe him to be a better player than Yuri Tielemans. The problem is, is that we need to see this consistency and upgrading and level of quality throughout the team, not just peppered into small areas. In terms of a player, though, that you're looking at, in terms of someone that's going to really progress the ball... There's a young guy, ironically Belgian, called Lekonga at Anderlecht that is a very similar kind of player that progresses the ball really, really well. Someone that is really good in that area. Sabitzer has also done this really well at RB Leipzig this season. He used to be playing in more of a number 10 or in a wider position. He has then since this season become a more reserved player as a number eight, but he still transitions the ball really well moving forwards. There are these players out there that can have the same impact that you see from a Yuri Tielemans at Leicester. It's just about how you use players. Uh, Chasman says, Camavinga. I think it's an unrealistic option because I think that the fee that Ren would ask for is is just too high. Uh, Sai says, Awar is that type. And Awar, I think, can be that type. I just question a lot about his character. I question how he plays when Leon are playing badly. And that, for me, is a little bit of a problem. Um, Antonio says, Tom, uh, Lukonga's teammate, uh, Yuri Vercheren, uh, is a cam and we should be looking for him. What's your thoughts? I have not watched any of him, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some expert who knows a lot about Belgian football because I'm not. Um, but if he's someone that is, is doing exceptionally well for Anderlecht and he's putting in the numbers, then he's someone maybe that I'm going to need to look at. But I'm not going to give you a opinion on him because I, I would be lying to you, mate. I'm not going to pretend like I know who he is. Um, Jashar says, Tom, just watching Neves now, and he looks really slow. Again, I think for Arsenal fans, there is an obsession around pace. There is an obsession around wanting that player to be zippy and all over the place. There are so many successful players in the Premier League that aren't necessarily so quick on the ball that are successful. Your Rodri's, your Declan Rice's, your Jordan Henderson's, These are players that are successful. They're not particularly guys that are stars and that flare and they they stand out. That's not what this is about. It's about adding a quality player to a position that's needed. I don't think that Neves should be the priority. I think signing someone of a Basuma's type ilk with more mobility should be key. But if you're losing Granite Xhaka, then for me, signing someone like Ruben Neves alongside a Basuma, alongside a Lokonga, 
makes a lot more sense to me than just going out and signing that. Um, James says, Chelsea's finished eighth and their mentality was we are a great club and should be winning titles and next season they did. I respect your opinion though. Thank you, James. I see what you're saying, but Chelsea, <laughs> the thing with Chelsea is that Chelsea just, it's such an incomparable situation because they've, they've spent and thrown money in, in the right places. They've also been progressively sacking managers and appointing managers at times where it's worked out. Sometimes it hasn't worked out. Frank Lampard, for instance. And they brought in Thomas Tuchel and then look at what's changed for them. Now, I don't think Thomas Tuchel would necessarily have a similar impact at Arsenal. I think he would have improved things better than we've seen. But he didn't have the resources like he's got at Chelsea, that the 200 million that was spent on top of that squad that was already there to turn them into a side that could have then competed for the Champions League and won it. I feel like with Arsenal right now is that during that season when they finished eighth is they got rid of their coach. They got Antonio Conte in and then look what happened. And I don't think Arsenal have made the right choice in keeping Arteta right now. I might be proven wrong and I hope I am and I really back Arteta to turn things around. But it just, it looks upon to be probably the wrong decision. When you look at things now, it really does. And so that's the difference between us and Chelsea, not only on kind of a, a player and resources level, but the coach situation for us. That's that's what that's what bugs me. That's what's really hard to talk about right now. Um, James Payne, thank you ever so much, mate. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get you on very soon, fella. Uh, and it was a pleasure to be on with you guys uh, over of your show. And that it was a real pleasure with Ali. Uh, make sure you check it out. I have retweeted it onto my uh, on my socials. So go and check it out. Uh, Tebow Pess says, Yonick, when, when are you signing up as a member, by the way? It would be TGT's best signing in the window. When is Yonick? When is Yonick coming on the channel? I've given him the option and he's turned it down. I, he's, honestly, he's the Buendia of the TGT transfer window. That's what he is. I gave him the chance to come on and have a chat. Did he take it? No, he didn't. He's just another keyboard warrior, is Ionic. Evie says, there is a way Arteta uh, wants to play. I don't think he wants to pursue mate. else we would have sealed the deal by now. I do agree with you. I think that Basuma is in situation is crazy because he clearly wants the move. We want the move. It seems to be a deal that could be done. And yet we're not moving for it right now. I get that they want to do things behind the scenes and we know they can do. Look at the Matt Ryan situation. That That is, it baffles me. It really does baffle me right now. Maybe they're waiting. Maybe they're waiting to see if they get him cheaper. Maybe they're waiting to see if they can move some players on first. But it doesn't make any sense to wait, in my opinion. Arsenal Granny, let me know why you don't agree, fella. I'm just absolutely fine that you don't agree, but I'd love for you to tell me why. Uh, James says, I 100% agree if we got in Diego Simeone. Do you think that he would accept our performance this season? Does that not then go to the border? Of course, James, the, the buck stops with the owners, mate. Since they've taken over, Arsenal have only gone downhill. That is target number one. That is 100% pressure on the Cronkies, pressure on them to make the right decisions because what they've done so far is killing this club. So yeah, absolutely the buck stops with them. They make the decisions at the end of the day. They're the ones that we have to put our faith in and it's not being rewarded. So yeah, 100%. Um, let's see what Nambro is saying. What about Nkunku from uh, Leipzig? You didn't include him in your 10 alternatives for Buendia, and I think they're quite similar players. They are. I did, I did put two RB Leipzig players on the list, so it was a little bit hard-pressed to put Nkunku in there as well. I had Danny Olmo and Sabitzer. Um, but he is very close. He was definitely in contention and someone that I like a lot. So, yeah, it's a good shout, mate, and certainly. So, Hill, yes, it brings up another player that I was tempted to put on the list. I just didn't think that Chelsea would sell him to us, and if they did, it would be for a ridiculous amount of money. But the ZX situation is that... He is open to moving on, as is Chelsea open to supposedly selling him because he's just not in the plans of Thomas Tuchel. Um, it's an interesting target. 
Very, very interesting. Jurat says, what about Renato Sanchez? Uh, certainly done very well at Lille. Is it because he was at Lille? Because, of course, at Swansea, really could not really have a massive impact there. He did suffer with some injury issues and that. Uh, maybe it was the team that he was in. But he seems to have come on absolutely leaps and bounds since then. Uh, Ansgar says, how do you do the calls, Tom? Is it Discord? Uh, no, it's just on StreamYard, mate. Um, so when, obviously, you want to tune in next time, because we are going to do more of these call-in shows, uh, then send me a DM on Twitter at the Gunatalk TV, and we'll get you in through there. That is going to round off today's show, people. Thank you ever so much. You've had several hundreds, over a thousand of you tuning in today live, which is crazy. The support for the last few shows has been mad across the transfer window. We're on our way now to 24,000 subs. Keep pressing, keep supporting the channel, keep doing your good work in the chat. Honestly, the community that we built here is respectful, it's clean, it's everything that we want it to be. And we even have our resident Yonit Mac doing the good work as well. He's pushing the boundaries. But I know it's fine as long as you disagree and you're respectful. We appreciate it as always. If you want to help support the channel, you can do so by joining up as a member and joining our Discord server as well. Where there's 24-7 chat of this nature all the time in there. I'll be back tomorrow with you guys for the 8 a.m. Transfer Daily Show, keeping you up to date with all of Arsenal's latest transfer information. I've got some surprises for you guys next week, some good interviews that I'm really looking forward to. Um, so I really, I, genuinely, it's going to be fun. There's some good stuff coming. I can't wait to show you what's going to be happening. Euros is going to be fun too. Lots to do. I will see you again very, very soon, guys. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.